As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. SIFPOP Podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, the podcast that knows it's what inside that counts, and also where it eventually chooses to come outside. It's SIFPOP. Speaking of goosebumps. A little xenomorph humor start things off with. Uh, Indeed. Neomorph, good sir. (laughs) Welcome to Sif Pop, streaming live on Mixler every Friday afternoon or available to download in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. I'm Aaron Dicer from YourMovieFriend.com. I'm joined by Andrew Ormsby from Flick Freaks. Ahoy. And every week we'll be joined by a pop culture guru to chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Today's guru, it's Sean from Geek Point. Woo! Sean Spicer. Wow, that's a room I don't want to be associated with ever. <laughs> Sean, can you please explain the actions in regards to? Uh, no, none of us want to have Toughest that job. job we, did, we did find Sean hiding in the bushes earlier. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. It's doing good to good. have you back. Uh, we we grilled Sean about his list of shame in the exclusive pre-show, mm-hmm. which patrons have access to, uh, and some shocking. Shocking movies on that list of shame. We also talked a little bit about Snatched and uh, King Arthur, since we don't have a lot of time in the pod proper to do so. But if you want to check that out, you can be a patron or you can sign up at Mixler because the exclusive pre-show happens live uh, every week and you can listen to it there as well. We're going to have a great show. uh, Lots to talk about, including uh, Alien Covenant, the movie, best ever Ridley Scott films. Of course, we'll do a Sift Quest and some Buried Treasure all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, before we get to Do We Care, though, I wanted to check in, Andrew, with you, speaking of lists of shame. Hello. Or sift shame. Mm. Uh, mm. Any updates on the movies you've promised to watch that you've never seen? Yeah, I saw two of the movies that I promised to watch. Uh, I saw Wreck-It Ralph and Gone Baby Gone. Oh, nice. Oh, Gone Baby Can't Gone. Can't believe both of those were on your list, by the way. Hey, no, hey you've got room to talk, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, You're the one who hasn't seen Frozen. Uh, I, oh, God. I, I didn't even explain that one. Yeah, I do want to hear about both of these experiences. Maybe just which, in brief. Which but, would you like for me to talk well, about Well, I'm first? most curious about Gone Baby Gone, because that movie is incredible. It was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I I figured out the, the twist. Uh-huh. I didn't, but the movie has so many twists and turns, I can't say that I figured all of them well, out. Well, and it's not really a, like... Typical, tw- it's not like an M. Night Shyamalan twist no, or anything, no, 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 just no. like it's a story, story progression. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, ooh, I bet I know where this is going. And then I was right, but then something else happens, and I'm yeah. like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was smart, and I figured this movie out. 
Casey Affleck knocks it out of the park with that one. And if that that is Ben's uh, Affleck's uh, directorial debut, right? Yeah, that's been yeah. That's where you realize, okay, this guy's not a Hollywood joke anymore. Exactly. Because before then, right, it, he was the Daredevil in mm-hmm. the Pearl Harbor Ben Affleck. Yeah. But now he's the uh, the Argo in the Gone Baby Gone Ben Affleck and the yeah. Town Affleck. Oh man, that movie was good. Yeah, it was really good. And the book is even like a thousand times better. Really? I, it's I really, really good. Yeah. What about Wreck It Ralph? Oh, it was adorable. I loved it. Yeah. It was so good. Right up my you alley, have you know. Liked it. <laughs> yeah. Right up my alley with the uh, the humor and everything, you know, and the fact that it deals with video games. I was totally enthralled. I, I absolutely adored it and I can't wait to watch that one again. I was really impressed in that one. I remember specifically thinking they went with real life video games. Like they got the rights yeah. to a lot of real life stuff and I was I really impressed like, with is that. Is that Dr. Robot? Is that Bowser? <laughs> How do they get all of these people? Yeah. Bowser, it must be busy somewhere yeah. kidnapping a princess. Yeah, you know what it reminded me of, and I don't know why, but it reminded me of uh, uh, Who Killed or Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Like, how did you get all of these properties to agree to right. be yeah, in yeah, yeah. one single yeah. movie? Yeah, it's it's a plethora of IP. Well, I guess Lego does that. Yeah, but, so. yeah, that's true as well. Of course, yeah. Warner has a lot of that, you know, locked in with the DC stuff. Yeah. So that's and what Star make, Wars. Yeah. Well, Disney has Star Wars. Right? No, but I'm saying there was Star Wars stuff in uh, the Lego movie. Well, that's true. That's, that's, what, true. that's what I'm saying. They're, they're able to get all these people to say, yeah. that's Lego. They can have it in a movie. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you liked it. The, there's a sequel coming out, I hear. For Wreck-It Ralph. For Wreck-It Ralph, yeah. Saying, there's yes. a sequel for Gone Wreck-It Baby Ralph. Gone going <laughs> out. in development now. Yeah. The sequel to Gone Baby Gone is called Found Baby Found. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, <laughs> exactly. And that's but, where uh, that goes. Yeah, there is a sequel for Wreck-It Ralph. And uh, now that I've seen this one, I could probably go and see this one on day one. <laughs> Very nice. All right. So... Let's do some Do We Care. Okay. Every single week, I scour the internets to find out what's going on in the entertainment world, and we discuss whether we care about them or not. We actually have two weeks' worth of news that we can get caught up on, sure. so everything here is interesting. Number Yay! One, I love interesting things! No, well, we, you have to decide whether you care or not. <laughs> Number one, Zach McGowan has been cast... As World War II Pacific Islander hero Benny Hakaka in the latest bout of Hollywood whitewashing. Zach McGowan is a white actor who is in, like, uh, Black Sails and several other shows. Wow. Yep. I You know, it's an issue, right? And it's something to pay attention to. I I just... I don't know. I don't know what to do about it. Like, uh, you know... I don't know it's if not there's like much gonna... more we could say about it that we, you know hasn't been said before. Yeah. It's something that needs to be addressed... I think, and, yeah. and it's something that we need to be cognizant of. Um, but I don't know that this is any more news relevant to me or head shakingly uh, infuriating than uh, than the other stories Iron that have. Yeah. yeah, here's what Doctor I'm, Strange, and I don't want me to get political with it or anything. But yeah. why is? Well, Holly- I mean, it is inherently a, yeah. a political issue, or can be, and shouldn't be, but it is. Yeah, but why is it that Hollywood always, you know, like? promotes you know their left you know ideal ideology you know of like uh you know you know the liberal hey oh man i feel because i the am, impression I, I, I know what you're saying the impression like, of hollywood is that it's on the left coast and that it's very liberal leaning yeah. and so when it comes to things you might think of as liberal ideals like you know gay marriage yeah. or those kind of things they it's always very, champion all yeah that stuff. right yeah it's on the front lines but whenever it comes to their back end and they're you know making make sure they make money they always cast white people which is <laughs> you know 
a little racist. <laughs> well, don't it's you think a lot that's, of racist, actually. But don't you think that's the issue? The issue it's is kind of hypocritical. Is the hypocrisy of uh, of um, capitalism? It's the hypocrisy yeah. of serving the dollar over the idea. And yeah. who would whatever creator you are, even us, like creating podcasts, different. We're all going to deal with minor parts of that kind of issue. Like, do you serve? having the biggest audience or serve the passionate thing you want to do? You know, do you serve making a dollar or do you serve, you know, what's inside of you? The art versus commerce argument is always going to be a part of it. Yeah. It just, I always seems like the, the, the commerce always wins. And yeah, people like money. They like having stuff. That's true. Money is pretty great. I wouldn't know. (laughs) I wouldn't, I wouldn't know how great money is. That's right. (laughs) Okay. Number two, this is big news, and it's totally awesome. Donald Glover. We all love him, right? Sean already knows what I'm talking about. Donald Glover is bringing to FXX a Deadpool animated series. Yeah. That's, care, I'm all care for bunches, it. Care bunches. You care bunches? bunches? I care bunches. I'm all for that. Uh, I mean, I'll wait to you know to know if it's good or not until after I see it, but I can't imagine. I think it has everything going for it. I mean, it's on FXX. So, mm-hmm. if you're unfamiliar, that's like what they decided was too raunchy for FX, which was too raunchy for Fox. So, <laughs> it's, you know... In other words, he's got a green light. He's got a green light, cart, kind of carte blanche, just, you know, no nudity. That's the only rule. So, and I think that, you know, Donald Glover is a genius. What he's been able to do with uh, Atlanta. But, let me throw this out there. There's a butt. There's a butt coming. <laughs> I, I bet Deadpool would laugh at that. I bet he would. What have we seen Donald Glover head up that isn't his personal life passion? Like, you know, like, I'm not Mm. saying he doesn't like Deadpool, but Atlanta comes from a really solid personal place, place, and it's amazing. I'm not saying he can't do it. In fact, I hope he does, and I'm excited to see. But what have we seen him, and maybe I'm missing something, what have we seen him create that comes from a non-personal place that's awesome? Mm. be behind has he really been behind anything other than atlanta like behind, as far as producing no maybe no because i was gonna say community but i don't know how you know he's that's all dan Harmon. so and because well he's also behind his his uh his hip-hop his rap childish right? gambino childish gambino but yeah. that's all from a very personal, a very personal pla- place, place as well and a stand up so, you know stand up obviously stand up is personal yeah so i'm just I, it'll be interesting to see him do a property you know you're, and what he does so with right. that i didn't even think about that i just yeah. heard donald glover deadpool fxx and, I'm and like, to be fair that's all my three food groups right there so. <laughs> and counterpoint to be fair um i think that someone who has a passion for something uh in a nerd sense mm-hmm. um can also do great stuff like absolutely if it weren't for the ridiculously crappy writing of batman versus superman okay <laughs> Um, and the studio deciding to go in and, and do what they needed to do to try to turn it into an advertisement for all their other movies instead of just making a good actual movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Affleck would have done an amazing job there. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. yeah. He loves the material. And um, what's her name from Atlanta has already been cast as Domino in, in uh, um, uh, Deadpool. Deadpool 2. And uh, he. Donald Glover's about to be in Spider-Man: Homecoming. He he like he has a love affair. He has an affection for right. the material. Yeah. So I think that uh, knowing his personality, not like 
like I know Donald Glover, but what we see of it does that make sense? Mm-hmm. What's on um, the surface? What's what's on the surface? Sure. I think there's potential for some awesomeness there. But I, I agree, do understand totally. what you're saying completely. I, and again, I'm not saying this is a reason it won't work. I'm saying it's a reason I'm curious. Yeah. You understand the difference? Yeah. Like I, yeah. I actually think it's going to work. I think he's really smart, and I think he can make it work. I'm just curious to see him do something outside of something very personal. That's a good. So point. I think it'll be interesting. Very number, cool. Number three. This is actually going to tie into uh, us moving into Alien Covenant. Cool. So, uh, Neil Blomkamp, as you know, uh, from District 9, uh, Elysium, and Chappie, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ridley Scott hired him to uh, direct Alien 5. Oh. And uh, he just canceled it. What? Yeah, Ridley Scott canceled it. I thought, wait, I'm so confused right now. I thought oh. there were like three, what? like two more Alien movies coming out after... No, uh, Ridley Scott, they're all prequels. Right. Yeah. So Alien 5 was a sequel? Yeah, it was a sequel to... It's also confusing. (laughs) Alien Resurrection, I think, is technically the furthest in the future, which is Alien 4. Okay. So Prometheus, Alien Covenant... And then there'd uh, be two more, right? I think there's only one more now. Oh, I thought... Okay. I think uh, Alien... uh, The Alien 5 that Neil Blomkamp was directing... I think that was going to be the second that you were talking about. Mm. So, uh, as far as I know, there's only one more movie. Uh, okay. Alien Awakening. But, you guys uh, yeah. are the alien experts. I've already admitted that I'm not familiar with the universe very well. well so. That's fine. Yeah. That's why we're here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, they canceled it. So, uh, Ridley, I guess it was in a production that Ether, what did they call that? You know, that pre-production? Pre-production. Like, mm-hmm. the, they're just sitting there. Yeah, they're just sitting there in that limbo stage mm-hmm. of nothing moving forward, nothing progressing. So Ridley Scott pulled the plug on it, which is unfortunate. Well, I mean, you know, he's taking care of his property. I, I really don't have a problem with pulling the plug on movies, especially at that stage. Interestingly enough, though, because um, I, I didn't I didn't see that they they canceled it. Um, I just pulled uh, some news on it and it says that uh, um, Scott wants to pull the movie until he's finished making Prometheus 2. So I'm wondering if he's decided that there is some storyline arcing and things that he wants to develop. Prometheus 2? Does that come between Prometheus and Covenant? (laughs) I don't know. I'm so confused! I'm just like, Aaron, any questions? I want my movies in a straight line! (laughs) (laughs) Tell that to Star Wars. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Any questions you have about the alien universe, Aaron, you feel free to ask. I will absolutely let you know. Okay. Actually, it's one of my my favorite things uh, about the alien universe is the universe aspect of it. I like yeah. It really feels like you know Ridley Scott knows what he's doing, so it, it'll yeah. be interesting. Yep. That's going to wrap it up for Do We Care. Sweet. All right. Let's talk about Alien Covenant. We're making history here. This is wheat. What are the odds of finding human vegetation this far from Earth? Who planted it? You hear that? What? Nothing. No birds. No animals. Nothing. Bound for a remote planet on the far side of the galaxy, members of the colony ship The Covenant discover what they think to be an uncharted paradise. While there, they meet David, the synthetic survivor of the doomed Prometheus expedition. The mysterious world soon turns dark and dangerous, imagine that, when a hostile alien life form forces the crew into a deadly fight for survival. 
uh, back into the Alien universe and more of the Alien universe proper. Because when Prometheus came out, I remember a lot of Alien fans were like, well, it ties in, but it's not really an Alien movie. Loosely. Yeah, loosely. yeah it's, it's loosely an Alien movie. Does this movie, let me start here before we get into liked it, loved it, it was okay, uh, didn't like it, hated it. Is this movie make you think Prometheus is more connected or is it the same uh, just level of, well, loosely connected? Because I feel like it ties it in more. Yeah. But at the same time, I still don't like Prometheus. You just want to ignore it? (laughs) No, I don't want to ignore it. It's just I've seen it. I understand the message and I'm done with it. Right. If that makes sense. No, that makes sense. I feel like... uh... The events of this movie, um, there were some things put in this movie and some things written into this movie that do pull Prometheus into the fold. And I honestly feel like as good as this movie is as as its own uh, entity, a part of the Aliens franchise, I almost feel like those parts were put in there for the specific purpose of helping tie Prometheus into it. Prometheus felt like a different movie where they added a couple scenes, one in the middle and one at the end, to let people who didn't have any idea go, Mm -hmm. oh, that's... This is part of that alien movie mm-hmm. thing, right? Because outside of that, there's no concept of its relevant, you know, relevance. But in that's the kind alien of, but that's kind scheme. of real life, though. You know what I mean? Like things that turn into something big start, you know, in the shadows is something small. And so I kind of like that Prometheus tells the like ultimate origin story of this universe and like really how things. You know, began and started. I, you know, so I think it connects it all right. Let's do it. Liked it, loved it. It was okay. Disliked it or hated it. We're gonna start with Sean. I loved it. Loved it. Okay, Andrew. I liked it. Andrew liked it. Uh, I thought it was okay. Maybe a a smidge toward liked it, but mostly it was just okay. I'm, I'm, I should say I'm barely and liked it, but barely and liked it. It's, it's enough to where I can't say I liked it. Okay, good. Um, I liked it more than Prometheus. Um, but I actually liked Prometheus more than most people. Uh, there were some things in there I really liked, but again, that comes from a person who's not a huge alien fan. So I didn't have any of the, you know, this isn't alien enough, you know, kind of stuff, uh, going with it. In fact, the stuff I did and didn't like about Prometheus are almost the same as the stuff I did and didn't like about alien covenant. Uh, we can get further, further into that. There are a few differences, but for the most part, let's talk about the stuff we liked. Uh, since you loved it, Sean, why don't you go off? Tell us a little bit why it was so amazing to you. It made me uh, forget a little bit about Prometheus and how much I disliked it. <laughs> so you hated it, Prometheus. I didn't like Prometheus. And I, I mean, it was beautiful. Okay. So and, how is this different? Uh, because it was it was about, it, it came back to this, this storyline. It came back to, you know, the xenomorphs and their uh, entomology and their beginning, right? right? More so than just telling the... Are the origins of civilization side, right. but their beginning and how we got to where we are. And it put some things into place that I've actually wondered about the entire series. Mm-hmm. So it, it added some, some context there that mm-hmm. I really enjoyed. I liked being able to see that behind the scenes stuff. Um, we got to see David again, and that was great for me. Um, when I found out that Fassbender was going to be playing both Walter and David in the movie, I was super excited about what that was going to mean for mm-hmm. the storyline and the characters. Um, and I think they did a fantastic job. Um, I, and then also, I, I really I really was really eager to see uh, a xenomorph on the screen again. It yeah. was time to see a good, you know, uh, representation of one after Alien Resurrection and some <laughs> of the other trash that we've been exposed to within the Alien universe, um, parts of Alien 3. So, like... 
I just, I was excited to see a new alien movie and one that was actually about, you know, the aliens themselves. Um, so I, I did like it. I liked the cast. Um, I liked uh, many of the characters. There are only a few. And what's funny is the disposable characters, the one I honestly didn't really care about. Uh, they're all the ones who were treated in that exact way. They, you know, mm. they disappeared off screen. But there were a lot of characters. There were. Th- there was. That was That's a high level they of pared difficulty. It down very... I'm going to talk about that in cons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I actually thought they pulled it off all right. The, I, the, I, found, I thought so too. I, I found myself understanding who was related to who. You know, kind of what their personality types were. I felt like they had. One thing, some movies that Life that just came out recently, which is also kind of an alien type movie, uh, yeah. the one with uh, Gyllenhaal and Ryan Reynolds. I've not seen Life yet. I like so, so yeah. But the thing that Life didn't do that I felt like this one did is it didn't give its characters distinct personality. The only one that really had it was Ryan Reynolds, and that's because he's Ryan Reynolds, and you can't take the personality right. out of Ryan Reynolds. This movie, I felt like, oh, you know, he's the, the cowboyish one, and you know, they're yeah. the you know. The couple that's, you know, uh, always saying lovey-dovey things to each other. You know, like, I, I was able to identify them as human beings, I felt like, in this a little bit better. Wow, so I disagree. Yeah. I'll, I'll talk about that later. Yeah. Uh, I will say that I have always been a champion of comedic actors taking on dramatic roles. Mm-hmm. I think Danny McBride is great in this movie. No, I did, too. I thought oh, he was Oh, he great. was so yeah, good. Very much And so. um, he's just another example of, you know, that totally working. And like you said, uh, what Michael Fassbender is asked to do in this movie is very difficult, and I think he did a great Beautiful job pulling job it off. Of it. I thought he yeah. did a really good job. Um, my big pro for this movie is uh, this film does mo- go-, go more in-depth into the origin of Xenomorphs, and normally I don't like that because I think the mystery mm-hmm. behind that actually makes those creatures more terrifying. Having said that, though, I think they pulled it off in a very interesting way. Oh, yeah. I I agree. And there's some thought-provoking stuff in the way that they pulled it off, which we'll get more into in spoilers, I'm sure. We got a lot to discuss in spoilers. Um, I I like everything you guys have said. I I agree with those positives. And, in fact, like the, 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 the beautiful movie thing that was both prometheus and this one like i thought both yeah. of them were absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous. movies that's ridley i uh, will say though i wish that he implemented more practical effects because he does you know do big you know realistic practical effects he's sets. so good at them his yes. sets are but i wish that his creature practical effects were implemented more mm. Mm. you know yeah i'll i'll get to that in cons yeah. the when other cons. the other thing you mentioned that i loved in prometheus and also loved in this one is fastbender uh, he was the yeah. best thing about prometheus as yes, well his was. performance mm-hmm. in prometheus was great too i think he steps it up a level here obviously he's doing double duty yeah uh, <laughs> and but he's he's so good he's are, so i haven't good. seen anything i don't like him in and the specific reason i chose not to see the assassin's creed movie is because I don't want to see something yeah. that tarnishes my image uh, of Fassbender, yeah. and I don't want to see something that sullies uh, what was a great game to me. But Ubisoft's <laughs> already tanked it in the last three versions, but I'm just saying, I like Fassbender. I don't want to have that tarnished. Uh, any any other pros that you guys wanted to bring out? Um, C- cinematography. I totally agree. Uh, cinematography, yeah. Yeah, there, it's, it's just, just gorgeous so all the way around, yeah. yeah. Cons? Uh, no, let me let me talk a little bit about, and you guys kind of mentioned this, oh. but it was my other big pro. And you I first. think specifically, you mentioned it with the Xenomorph stuff. I just think he's doing such a great job at building this universe. Yeah. Like, understanding, you know, like, you went into this movie, he's like, oh, yeah, we're in the alien universe. Like, the ships, the the travel, the the people, there's, there's an interesting part about the characters in alien movies where they just seem so real and human. And I think a lot of that, um, in my opinion, came from uh, Aliens, 
the sequel. I think Cameron's really good at that kind of stuff, and he made it feel like uh, like a band of brothers, you know, kind of thing where they are going, you know, they're going on this journey together and this adventure together, but they're also like ripping on each other and you know just doing the things that human beings do. Right. And this movie had that too, and I thought that was you know that was really cool. So I, just kind of building the universe. I don't know if you know this or not, Aaron, but there was actually a couple of uh, YouTube like a mini series of the crew interacting with each other. So you before to, the movie came before out. the movie oh, came really? out. Yeah. yeah, they were really good, and it, it makes me sad that they didn't like heavily promote them and tell you go watch them because they they added a ton to exactly what you just loved. Oh, about that's the cool. Movie. There are characters in yeah. Alien Covenant that you're like, well, why would that character even bother being in this movie? It's because I didn't recognize that though. In, huh? I didn't notice that though. Like, I didn't think that about any of the characters. Well, there's one actor in particular. Like, okay. wow. Uh, oh yes. Oh no. Now I know exactly who you're talking about. Yes. In the absolutely. miniseries, they're very prominent. Oh, that does make more sense. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's worth going and watching. It's yeah. worth going. And well, watching. I'm glad. I'm Context. glad that I didn't feel like I had to have that. Right. To yeah. get to know these characters. Yeah. But because I don't like that when a movie's like, well, you need to do all this homework first before you come to the, the movie. Matrix. This... <laughs> you got you yeah. to watch the, you watch the Animatrix. Scene. And, yeah. and you got to play the video game. Yeah. So, but yeah. So, anyways, we can move into cons now. Okay. Uh, one more. Pro. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. The Neomorphs. I absolutely loved seeing this it, tying into like this whole. Uh, origin story this mm-hmm. genesis of this creature yeah yeah uh we've never truly gotten to see a neomorph uh before mm. and not like this uh, they were fantastic and the tension i thought he did really good but it felt like it dropped off at a certain point the um and i can't i, I don't want to go into spoilers but there was a scene towards the beginning of the movie where i was like i was already like gripping my seat and i was like oh my god oh crap crap it's 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 getting like bad uh-huh. and i never got I wasn't terrified like I was with Alien, okay? But I was tense a lot of the time, and I, he did a good job of that. I've, let's let's move into cons then, because I want to yeah. address that. I think there's there's some good tension towards the beginning of this movie, and then yeah. I actually, I may be in the minority on this. I got bored yeah, I was through the last half of this movie. Bad pacing. And, That's why I said it kind of dropped off for me. And, and here's the reason why, and it's it's so different than usually why I get bored. I think there's too much. I think the movie chooses to focus too much on the gore elements, on the kills, on those kind of the things that Alien is known for. Yeah. There's just too many of them, and they ju- it just becomes noise at some point. Like you know, if you intersperse like maybe two or three of them, right? But that last half of the movie, it was like, oh, this person's dying in a graphic way, and this person's dying in a graphic way, yeah. and this person's dying, and I was just like. Give me back to the talking parts. <laughs> like, yeah. I it, it becomes, I want to uh, hear more of the intellectual it stuff. It becomes the final destination of alien. Yes, yeah. yes. Like, how can we except show this person be eliminated Except this it's time? unaware of it. See, yeah. final destination is aware that it's doing that. Yeah, and intentionally. So, right, yeah. Like, look at the next creative thing. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. So I started to get a little bored. That was one of my big cons. Here, here, here's my big con. I was hoping that this film would return to the original realm of the first alien movie where it was a horror film. These are suspense thrillers. Yeah, I don't. They're not horror films anymore. And they almost painted it as one. In, uh, yeah, in the marketing, the marketing had to like, supposed to be. We're going back to the heck. original horror because mm-hmm. I think only the very first Alien movie is the only horror one. Scare the crap out because of James Cameron's Alien is an action movie. Correct. Which Correct. I'm not. I, I like Aliens more than I like Alien, but that's a discussion for a different time. Me too. Um. They ser- they both serve their genres extremely well. But whenever I'm told, I'm being told, hey, this is going back to Alien One, 
where it's going to scare you like no other. Don't get me wrong. Uh, H.R. Geiger, is that his name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. His creature design, it's one of the scary... It's, it's giving freaky. me so many nightmares. Yeah. Xenomorphs, I've had so many <laughs> Xenomorph nightmares. I don't even... I can't even count them all. But, um, man, that, it's so terrifying. And I hope that they're not thinking... The creature itself is scary enough. We don't need to build this, the terror around it. Mm. But because I think it, maybe it was because, you know, in the first Alien movie, they're in a confined space and, you know, it can be anywhere. And maybe it's because it's a more, it takes place on a planet. You kind of have a sense of, well, I don't know how close this thing is to mm-hmm. me. So it's not confined. And maybe I'm a little bit more relaxed that way. So I don't know if they were relying on that, but. I was really hoping for a horror film. And and I think they try I think that's what they were trying to do with all the gore. Like I think they I think they maybe mistook that there's something more to creating a real tense horror experience uh than the gore and yeah. than just, you know, the the kills. And so I I just think th- there's a movie buried this is another part of the frustration for me. There's a movie buried in there that I would love. And it's a and it's a more thoughtful exploration of some of the themes that they're dealing with. Prometheus had this as well. It was my main negative with Prometheus. It touches on really deep stuff and then just leaves it alone. Yeah. And it's like go a little deep, like you know, take your time to really take your time to weave that in better, so that we're really thinking about it all the way through. Yeah. There is this movie, uh, Alien Covenant. There's a beautiful allegory about the devil. In this movie, mm. they even mention it in some yeah, of the lines, directly, yeah. and and it's right there waiting for them to really go after, and they and just they walk away, and they yeah. just walk away from it. And I'm like, that's the movie I wanted to see. You know, I, enough oh. of the exploding body parts. I want to see. That oh, movie. Are you talking about the I met when I was young man? But, well, I without getting that into movie. Spo- when, yeah. without getting into spoilers, right when that scene started to happen that you're mentioning, where mm-hmm. they physically talk about it, yeah. I got super excited because right. I was like, oh, this is going to get dark. And, you know, and then all of a sudden it turned back into the shock or, oh, someone's dying. Let's get- but see, yeah. Prometheus was the same way. Like, it had no. these beautiful, this beautiful theme about God and creation. And yeah. then this one could have been perfectly counterpointed oh, with yes. the devil and destruction. And it just didn't go there enough yeah. to really pull it off. And I don't know if that's just a matter of not wanting to. That's not the movie they wanted to make. It's left or... subtly under the surface uh, throughout uh, various scenes throughout the rest of the movie, including the final scene mm-hmm. uh, with David. But once again, like you said, they, it's like they, they just tucked it back under the sheet and they left it. And it's right. like, oh, my God, no, there is something truly scary there that yeah. you could have been exploring and, and, and tr- delving and into. truly deep yeah. and thought-provoking. Yep. So and that's and again that's my thing like that that's one of my favorite things is movies when they make me think so yeah. so obviously I'm gonna miss that but yeah that was that was probably my main negative any other cons that you guys wanted to get into one more I thought they could have uh, and I think Andrew and I talked about this last night I thought they could have gotten through the movie this is gonna sound so nitpicky okay but they could have gotten through the movie without any of the nudity it yeah. was it was there was no need it was like it was there for its sake of it. Well, but like, that goes back to the the gore stuff too. You know, it's all in that same like B movie schlock horror kind of playbook. You know, yeah. I just I, realized something. What's that? You never see the xenomorph kill anybody in the first Alien movie. It's all off screen. Mm, interesting. Oh yeah, yeah. The only is the chestburster. That's the only time you see the xenomorph kill anybody. Mm. It's all off screen. I never never realized that. I never before. Would have thought about it. Well, there you go. That's yeah. the, that. You know, that can be the difference. You can you can miss 
misequate the horror with actually seeing it and that's not it's it's not yeah, about that it's about of seeing it's it. about filling in the blanks yourself sometimes too sometimes yeah. that's much more scary you know yeah. like you'll see the alien grab somebody and like take them away in right the first, or but, lift them up and yeah, then or, you're like and then you see bud come down yeah and then you, you see just a don't cat. know <laughs> yeah but uh, oh, here's, interesting here's my my final con yeah and this is actually, uh, I disagree with something you guys said earlier about the cast. Sure. Besides one or two characters in this film, you don't really get to know or care about any of the other people. So I think that's a wasted opportunity. I think that if I knew these people and I understood their backstory more, that I would feel a more sense of dread whenever something was happening around them because mm-hmm. I care about them. If they're just red shirts, then I'm like, well, if they die, then... It's no big to me. Sure. You're not going to get me with the jump scare from a xenomorph that's happened too many times. So if I care about them, I'm like, oh, God, don't go around that corner. I care about you. Oh, they're going, but it's a red shirt going around the corner. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to get to see a big old blood splatter. I can, I totally understand what you're saying. And I've, and I've made that point about other movies. I think the reason these characters connected with me more, mm-hmm. there are a couple ways you can connect with a character through backstory. Yeah, because all you know what it's about. It's about common experience. Right. So if you look at a backstory and go, oh, I know somebody who's been through that or I've been through that. I know what that's like. That's real emotion in you based on something you've experienced. You can also connect to characters through empathy, through another character caring about them. So you borrow what they love about them. And that's where this movie got me, because everybody in the ship is like a couple like, you know, and so there's always somebody who is hurting in a way that I understand how painful that would be. Well, maybe, do, you, do you understand what I mean? So, I, I totally get what you're saying. Maybe it's just from a performance standpoint, but whenever, let's say, there was a quote-unquote loss of mm-hmm. somebody, I didn't feel that except for a couple times on the other end. There's only two characters that I'm thinking about, okay. and I think there's the, the two that I care about, where whenever they lost something, I was like, oh, I feel it. But there were others whenever there was a loss for them. I'm like, eh. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand. So it makes yeah. sense. You guys want to do one last thing, and then we'll move on? Continuity! <laughs> do you need to wait till spoilers to yes. talk about that more? Let's My last, last con was uh, was foreshadowing. I, I think there was a little too much telegraphing of some of the quote-unquote like surprises in the movie. Um, and uh, I, I, just, I don't know. I think that takes something away from me. I feel like, and I'm not, this coming from the guy who doesn't catch half the stuff that like true like deep movie files sure. do, right? They're like, oh, did you, did you catch that subtext that relates to an Ayn Rand book and that one obscure Byron? And I'm like, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, I saw a guy taking a dump in that movie. You know what I mean? So, like, I miss a lot of stuff, but there was so many things uh, that I saw in this movie. I'm like, oh, you could have been more subtle about it and not basically just let the whole audience in what's going to happen 10 minutes from now. You know? Yeah. And I, I talked with Roper about it at the end, but there were some... There's some shots in it, and I guess uh, that might be nitpicky, but there's some individual shots where they focus on a particular item, and you're like, oh, that's going to come into play later. Right, yeah. You know? Um, and then there's a, a scene, and I'm like, oh, dude, you just totally gave something away, and yeah. now we know what's going to happen. And I just don't like that. Yeah, I mean, they were, I think I know exactly what you're talking about. We'll talk about it in, in uh, spoilers, I'm sure. Um, they're kind of in a rough place with what they're doing with this story to have it be a big surprise, like a big twist or a surprise or those kind of things. It, it would have been difficult to do. Um, okay. I think, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like I, I kind of knew that was coming from the beginning of the movie uh, in many ways. Maybe we're talking about different things, but I know we don't want to spoil anything. Yeah. So yeah, we'll um, get there. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my one <laughs> one more thing is the music. I, lo- I love the oh, music yeah. in these movies. Prometheus was the same way. I didn't notice. Yeah, it's well, that's great. That's yeah. a great score. Is the one you don't notice, but it informs you. So, um, yeah, I think I th- and I don't even know who does it. Do you know who does the did the score for these movies? No. Give me two seconds. Yeah, and look I it can up, smart because I'd like to give him props because um, Jed Kurzel. Well, way to go, man. Nobody else noticed, but I did, Jed. Is it Jed or Judd? Jed. <laughs> All right, I got it right. Before we move on to the best ever challenge, uh, do you want to let you know about patreon.com slash studio DNA? It is the way you can support this podcast network and get access to some stuff that you may not have access to anywhere else. Starts at three bucks a month. And when you hear us talk about like the pre-show and uh, Sean's sift shame where he admits movies he hadn't seen, those kind of things, all of that is in the Patreon podcast feed. You get your own separate podcast feed where everything from all the podcasts on the network shows up and you can listen to the ones you want to. If you want to sign up, go to patreon.com slash studio DNA. And thank you for supporting this podcast network. All right, let's do a best ever challenge, guys. Mazas. Um, let's do best ever Ridley Scott movies. I was thinking he's actually got quite a filmography, so you've got a lot to choose from. Um, but there are some that stand out above the rest when I was looking at them. You know what? I, here's what I realized about Ridley Scott. He is the greatest meh director of all time. <laughs> and his movies are so meh, except for like five which are some of the greatest movies of all time. <laughs> the rest of them are total mez. It's it's really interesting. Mm, interesting. It's really interesting. Yeah, let's let's go through some of these. Um, and we'll start at number three. Work our way to number one. Again, if you want to, if you've got something higher, feel free to yell Trump, and we'll wait to talk about it until uh, it hits its highest mark on somebody's list. Uh, I'll start this time. Okay. Um, my number three is Black Hawk Down. Same. Same. All, all of us had Black Hawk Down as number three. Yeah. Are we all going to have the same list? We better not. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, well, let's talk about it then. Go ahead, guys. Uh, this is a great movie. Yeah. And what I found was, I looked it up earlier. I didn't realize, because it's been a hot minute since I've seen the movie, everybody in this movie is an A-list actor before they were an A-list actor. Right? Yeah. It's incredible. Did you guys know Tom Hardy was in this movie? Yeah. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> um. <laughs> It is my favorite modern war film. It's also, uh, I can't think of another movie that I uh, don't dislike Josh Hartnett in. Oh, um, interesting. It's, it's my, really? It's my, oh, Josh Hartnett's not terrible movie. So Mine, This and Lucky Number Eleven. Oh, oh, that, uh, sorry. Yeah. yeah, Lucky Number Eleven's on my top now ten I've of gotta all time. Look, now I've got to look and see what Hartnett's been in. Yeah, well, he, so uh, he's, he's super a, good in Slevin. He's in the, uh, the uh, that one show that just ended, the, uh, the horror show that had... Uh, Anyway, sorry, yeah. Man, I cared ev- about every single one of those characters yep. in that movie. The yeah. character development in that was on point. Yeah, that's so good, good stuff. It's, it has so many things going for it. Number one, it's exceptionally well-directed. It's gorgeous. I mean, the cinematography, the, the way it's filmed is beautiful. It's got grit, but it's also very well uh, shot. Um, but it has going for it that it's... It's one of the U.S.'s greatest tragedies yeah. in wartime. Yeah. And so it touches people on a deep level because yep. if you have family or friends who are service members, if you are an ex-service member, uh, it hits to the core of what we go through um, or have gone through with that disconnect between the people who make decisions and the people who have to enforce those decisions. 
uh, yeah. and uh, and how hard that is and what yeah. happens to people in the middle. So Yeah, all that stuff is there. It's absolutely incredible. The best part of that movie is the sound design. Because if it's you notice, good. whenever there's a gunshot, they, they filmed the movie in a certain way where if there was a gunshot behind you, they filmed or they recorded this audio for gunfire from every conceivable angle mm. from every single gun that is used in the movie. So if it's from behind you from like 40 yards. So they could truly place it. They could truly place the surround the sound. Yeah. Wow. That's really cool. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. That's cool. All yeah. right. On to number two. Should I just go again then? Yeah. Or should we move over just to the other and let you do your you number? Go ahead. Same page. All right. Fine. All right. My number two is the Martian. That's <laughs> number two. You it's better a, not have my number one. It's it's in my honorable mentions. <laughs> okay. The Martian. Uh, so Sean and I had the Martian at number two. What do uh, you have? Well, we all have. Uh, we all have. Uh, the same number one i guarantee <laughs> we, we all we have to one. we have to yeah uh i love the martian i this is one of those movies that is so rewatchable so fun so interesting actually going to play into our sift quest today which i think is appropriate since it's a ridley scott film yeah here's some he, this is crazy i know i'm supposed to be the movie guy this just happens sometimes when i saw this on the ridley scott list i was like what ridley scott directed the martian <laughs> Like it just it totally gone over my head. And I, I was only like, knew because I read the book, and the book was chillingly amazing. Yeah. And when I found out they were making a movie, I'm like, who the heck are they going to put in directing this? And then when I found out, I was like, okay, all will be well. You know, it's just it's just one of the it's just one of those blind spot you know things that happens where you don't you yep. just never hear that information or realize it, and I'm supposed to know it, but it doesn't really feel like a Ridley Scott movie. No, it, no see that's the that's thing. That's why yeah. I was surprised. I was like, it's. It's a way funnier than most Ridley Scott movies. Like and it's the not humor, as huge. There's so much humor in it. Yeah, yeah, so good. And if you think about a Ridley Scott movie, you think about you know giant, grandiose, like giant sets and everything. Yeah, this is a very confined, like small two, movie. Two sets, yeah. minus yeah. the outdoor stuff. Right. Yeah. No, that's true. My uh, number two. Then? Well, Sean, did you have any further thoughts on it since it was your number two as well? I I love The Martian. The book uh, the book is exceptional. If you yeah. haven't read the book, uh, and uh, it, it's exceptional. Uh, Martin Weir, I believe, wrote, mm-hmm. wrote the book. Andy Weir. Andy Weir, and it's absolutely exceptional. So it's one of those things I think everybody should read. Uh, it's got something for everybody. So uh, seeing it come to the screen, I was very excited and slightly trepidatious. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and then and then I heard they cast matt damon and i was like i'm not sure what to think you know because <laughs> exactly i'm picturing boat. jason Bourne, and i'm like i don't picture him playing you know mm-hmm. this character and i after i saw the movie i couldn't picture anyone else playing it it was just so well done so yeah awesome 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 movie. it is also the movie with the most creative swearing for a pg-13 movie of all time yes, <laughs> intelligently used <laughs> right. swearing yeah <laughs> i thought that was interesting all right what's your number two andrew alien okay yeah. All right. Yeah, that was definitely in my honorable mentions. One of my favorite horror movies ever, because and you know I hate horror films. Mm-hmm. So, and it's one of the best sci-fi films of all time too. Yeah. Uh, Sigourney Weaver. I was gonna of, say it's it's so much of that is on Sigourney, right? Like she's yeah. so incredible in that movie. Yeah, that's it's her movie, and uh, for the simple fact that it was the first time for me as a young man, whenever this movie came out, eighty. I can't remember. 88, was it? It's been a hot minute, that's yeah. for sure. But um, I, it was the first time I saw a BA woman. You uh-huh. know? Yeah. Like, oh, she 79. kicks butt. 79. 79. Okay, yeah. So three I, years, I was only three. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, she is kicking butt. Girls can't kick butts because I'm like, what, eight years old when I see this movie? But then after that, I'm like, oh, yeah, they can. And then <laughs> Aliens came out. 
and she got in a giant robot and she kicked yeah. even more butt and she <laughs> delivers I know that's not a Ridley Scott movie, but she delivers one of the most awesome lines in sci fi history. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh I'm like this woman is awesome. So thank you, Sigourney Weaver, for the uh for the curing flood. Andrew's young sexism. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully there would have been other movies that did that, but nope, it was Alien that did it. Or just awesome women, you know, in your life that could show you. Yeah. That's definitely a good one. Uh, So it's time for number one, then. We all have the same one. It's got to be Gladiator, right? Gladiator. Are you kidding? (laughs) (laughs) You are out of your minds. It's on my honorable mention list. Oh my goodness, I know what yours is now, but that was one of the funniest moments ever. (laughs) You had, okay, just to give you a picture, Sean had his arms up. He was ready for us all to say the same movie. Are you going to say Matchstick Man? No, he's going to say Blade Runner. He's going to say Blade Runner. Runner. I don't like Blade Runner. I know you don't. (laughs) It's literally a masterpiece. Like, do you realize that there are courses at almost every film school in this country? Entire courses that are taught on Blade Runner. Oh my goodness, that was so much fun. They also have courses for The Room starring uh, Tommy Wiseau. That doesn't mean that it's a great movie. I can't can't make any excuses for that trash. But... (laughs) But, oh my god. Okay, so Gladiator was on my honorable mention list. Okay, good, it was good. hard, hard, hard not to put it in my top three. I'm, yeah, I'm surprised. Because that... I am such a fan of it. It's actually the only movie that I own on regular DVD, uh, Blu-ray, and someplace stashed away um, is a special edition uh, uh, Criterion, like, you know what I mean, ultimate DVD oh, those of Criterion it. Because I kept buying that movie. I couldn't watch it enough. And... It is the only movie soundtrack that is on every computer and device in my home. That oh, what music a great from that, soundtrack! Mu- music from that is it, it's transformational. For yeah, me. my my son was listening to that soundtrack the other day, and I was like, "Is this Gladiator?" And he was like, "Yeah, the soundtrack is incredible." He's never even seen the movie, but he just yeah. you know. Oh, he, really? Yeah, he loved the soundtrack, and so. and it's the only action movie I've ever wept at. Yeah, so, so powerful. No, so. not me. I've wept. It's got. I, I, I mean, cry it, and everything. it has. <laughs> it has some problems. The Gladiator not does, is not a perfect film, but it doesn't um, have to be to be exceptional. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And and there is uh, Russell Crowe is incredible in it. The yeah. themes are amazing. Uh, it it just it it's hit me in all the right shot. places. Yeah. yeah, the action is well done. Uh, best CGI for the time ever. Yeah, uh, and I'm saying that because of from, Oliver Reed, you know, yeah, what happened from the with tiger him. Scene. No, yeah. no, I'm talking about Oliver Reed. You know, the guy who plays Proximo. Oh yeah, yeah. He died yeah. halfway through that movie, yeah, they so they CGI'd really his face. Oh wow! Did you know yeah. that? I didn't know that. Yeah, did you, you? You couldn't tell that that was a CGI face, could right. you? Right. That's what I'm saying. The amount of like for the time, that's beyond uncanny valley. Better than Rogue One. Better than oh. Rogue One. <laughs> Better but, than uh, Fast and Fast Eight. Yeah. Did you know that Oliver Reed and Russell Crowe hated each other? And they, I did not. There were there were times where never uh, neither of them could be stand beyond set with each other. So as soon as they were done with their scenes, they just walked away. They hated each other. So there are much. a lot of those stories, man. Yeah, but no, Devos. It's we can spoil Gladiator, right? Uh, yeah, the, if you don't know a, what happened in the movie, been 18 years old. Yeah. Whenever they run over his son with a horse at the beginning of that movie, I didn't know you could do that in movies. <laughs> I didn't oh know you could God. do that. Yeah. And then they burned him. Oh. Yeah. I Talk was about an emotional the roller coaster that yeah. movie takes you on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And uh, I'll say this. Joaquin Phoenix, one of the greatest villains of all time in that movie. Yeah. So bad. Because normally whenever you think about a villain, you think about this powerful, strong, you know, opposing force. He He's is a, a wuss, whiny, whiny wuss little brat that you hate. 
so much yeah. and he nails it. Oh, he's so good. <laughs> the, you yeah. know what? Love he set the stage for uh um what's his name in Game of Thrones? Kylo, oh, I was like gonna say Kylo Ren. No, he set the stage for uh uh the boy prince in Game of Thrones. Oh. I can't think of his yeah. name right now. But yeah, like that's the only other time I could think of somebody who was such a whiny little wuss uh-huh. who was so evil and yeah. good at being evil even though he was a crybaby. Yeah. Yeah. So talk about Blade Runner. Cheer. No, yeah. I'm, I'm curious what about me. The second that I that I poo pooed uh-huh. uh, Gladiator, you were like, I know what yours is, but <laughs> let me <laughs> tell people what happened. So how did you know Blade Runner was my number one? Well, because it's the you're only Sean. other one. It's the only other one that I could see somebody putting as their number like one. Said, yeah, this it, Scott it's movie. his five films, that, and uh, then everything no else way, is meh. I was, you know, even looking at my honorable mentions, like there's there's none of the there's no way you're putting Thelma and Louise as your number one movie or Matchstick <laughs> right, Man. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so I yeah I knew it had to be so, Blade Runner. Um, also, it's in my honorable mention. It's a great movie. I looked at the I looked at the list and I too was shocked at the number of movies that I love mm-hmm. um that uh, or I thoroughly enjoyed that are Ridley Scott movies um but getting to Blade Runner Blade Runner is magical for me when I saw it uh, I was a kid I wasn't supposed to be watching it my parents didn't allow that kind of mm-hmm. uh film um I grew up uh, I, I I was a hotel bat my my father was a corporate head my stepdad was a corporate head for Hyatt so oh, cool. we traveled around so I lived in like 26 states oh wow and so we traveled all the time and I had my own room in the hotel and um, we you know they had these suites for whatever the executive staff but I had my own room and I, in it was always a television and of course it's the hotel so we had Showtime and HBO and mm-hmm. I caught uh, Blade Runner when I was a kid and knew that I shouldn't be watching it. And I th- from that moment on, I think there was already a tenseness to it. Like, this uh-huh. is so cool, and I'm not supposed to see it. Right. Um, but it's Harrison Ford, okay? It's Sean Young. Um, it's And it's gritty, and it's dark, and it's the the way it's filmed is so cool. And the characters and the, the, and the themes in it, you know? Mm-hmm. And then there's the eternal debate. I mean, one of the, like, the only other movie that has ever had as big of a community of people, like, getting into fist fights over it is Han, <laughs> who shot first, Han or Greedo. Right. You know, that's it. Both like, Harrison Ford. <laughs> yeah. And both Harrison Ford movies. And so, like, it's just, it's pure magic for me. Um, I went nuts. I'm spinning in circles in my office uh, when the Blade Runner 2049 full trailer rock. Uh, dropped mm-hmm. um, in pure excitement because so I got excited all for this, it. Oh God, I got all the same. I got all the same goosebumps and and stuff watching the whole movie of Blade Runner just from the trailer. It looks fantastic, and yeah. it looks to be the trailer looks to make it the greatest Ridley Scott film of all time. Even though he's not directing it, yeah. It's like, <laughs> Is Harrison Ford in it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I don't know to what extent for how much. If it's every everything we see in the trailer is what we're going to see in the movie or not, I don't care. Yeah. Um, but it looks amazing. So Blade Runner has always had a very very close place in my heart. Uh, it's a divisive movie, I understand. Um, but it deals with a theme that uh, is one of my favorite in all of cinema. Um, and it's explored in a bunch of movies, some better than others. Uh, AI. Um, so <laughs> like, you know what I mean. But there's uh, there's something magical about it that will always uh, mean a lot to me. And uh, yeah, it's my favorite Ridley Scott movie. Honorable mention, uh, we already talked, uh, we mentioned at least Matchstick Man, Thelma and Louise, um, certainly deserve a mention. One that I don't know anybody else would put on their honorable mention, but I did, was Body of Lies. Did you guys see Body of Lies? Yeah, that's the uh, the Russell Crowe, Leonardo DiCaprio, right? Very, very Fun movie. Yeah, I think it's a great movie, so that might be one to check out if you haven't seen it. Other than that, I did, you know, you're right, a lot of the other ones are just kind of like, eh, you know. If they're not, eh, they're bad, like Exodus, bad movie. Exodus (sighs) is terrible. How did that happen? There's a lot of movies I really like. 
but I didn't love from him. Like, I really liked them. And when I was going on the list, I'm like, oh, I love that movie. That movie was great. That one was so awesome. And then this, uh, and then uh, Exodus, I showed up, and I'm like, oh, God, I can't believe he was responsible for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'd like I mean, to mention, you know, uh, even though I, I keep saying that his movies can be meh, uh, both Alien and Gladiator are in my top 100 movies of all time. Oh, nice. So Alien is number 67 and Gladiator is number 27. And how is Legend not in your top five? <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm the only person in this room who owns Legend on Blu-ray. I'm just going to put that out there. You, the are, 80s, you 80s, are the only person. 80s fantasy yeah, movies are a thing for I me. I don't mean to correct you. You said room. I think you meant state. Uh... <laughs> Probably country. <laughs> No, I, I was just going with you are the only person. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the Sift Quest. Uh, this is where you send in your questions, your debates, whatever you want us to answer. Uh, you can do that via email, feedback at siftpop.com, or you can do that at Twitter. Uh, I'm at Aaron Dicer. You can tweet me there with your questions. Uh, we've got one from So The Dane on Twitter this week, and it's a debate. He was having a debate with a friend about the movie The Martian. And he says, I've got a debate you can settle. Is The Martian a science fiction movie? Aside from it being on Mars, it's very possible. So the question being, what makes something a science fiction movie? Now, first, we'll solve your debate. We will we will vote, and we will absolutely come down on one side or the other. Uh, and then we'll talk a little bit more about genres. So who wants to go first? I will. Yeah, what do you think, Andrew? Yes. It is a sci-fi movie. Yes. Now, why do you say that? So, uh, literally, I have two... Literally, it is a science fiction movie, and it is also a sci-fi movie, because some of the elements in that movie, we don't know at this point in time how to scientifically make them a reality. So Right. Even from, just traveling to Mars, there's, there's yeah. science fiction in that, right? I actually downloaded the actual definition for sci-fi film. Okay, we, good. If we could talk about it. Do you want to talk about that now or later? No, on? go ahead. Okay, so this is... From the internet, your most reliable source for fake <laughs> of all news. information ever. Yeah. Uh, here is the definition for a sci fi film a genre that uses speculative, fictional, science based uh, depictions of phenomena that are not fully accepted by mainstream science, such as extraterrestrial life forms, alien worlds, ex- extrasensory perception, and time travel, along with futuristic elements such as spacecraft, robots, cyborgs, interstellar travel. Or other technologies. Okay. Yeah, just, just that absolutely. last part. Just that last part, though, you know. Hey, that's all it takes. Yeah. So would you, would you say the same thing, Sean? Based on the, the definition, yeah, yeah, I'd have to agree. Yeah. Because it does deal with a lot of tech that does not exist currently um, and things that we uh, that we are currently in the process of trying to develop, but we're not there yet. Yeah. So, and it is 100% a science-based film. What are so. so can you get specific with me? I agree, by the way. That was my answer as well, that it's science fiction. And I was thinking specifically because of the space travel. Like there's yeah. we can't do that kind of space travel yet. Um, but what specifically about it, like a specific thing, does is not possible right now? I, I know some things unless the, you're talking right now, so I don't want to cut you off. No, 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 no. Uh, some of the stuff that occurred while he's on Mars uh, and his minor terraforming operation <laughs> Yeah, that's all plausible. I was going to say, that, that seemed to me like they were trying to use real science with that yeah. stuff. The thing that we're, uh, I'm talking about now is we don't know how to get to Mars without somebody dying of cancer on the way over there. Because there's so many rays of radiation like going through space. Really? Oh, yeah. That's all space is, is I radiation. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that either. I never so heard that. So you have to find a way to you know protect the, uh, the astronauts 
from like dying of radiation as they go through space because that stuff will go radiation will go through the ship. But wait, why? So why? How can people be on the? the it's it's a time thing. The well, amount yeah, of but time that are you're on the space station for years. I think that the space station is like lead lined. Oh, I don't know. I could be wrong, but I've heard that you know going through like deep space and also isn't the uh, the space station in orbit? Uh, right. could be. Yeah, I'm yes, sure it is. it is. Yeah, the space it station is. has to be. So in it's orbit. in orbit. So there we go. And uh, also the. But uh, why would being in orbit matter? Because I don't think you're out far enough. I don't know. To, science, science, that's <laughs> science. What. It's all science. <laughs> yeah, but um, also um, the amount of like a bone uh, you would lose, you know, because there's sure. no, yeah, loss yeah, yeah. of bone density, of bone density yeah. is the other major thing. Yeah, they'd have to figure out gravity. I think that's that's the main one. Gravity is the thing because once you're on Mars as well, you know. Well, and that's a good specific one too, uh, because there are gravity in those spaceships. Yeah. They've figured out some, you know, sort of artificial gravity, which I don't think we have, right? The only thing we have is the spinning. No, and but you can't and do that in How long was travel. he there again? Uh, in o- the... Over a year, wasn't it? Yeah. So, uh, and any ask anybody who uh, has watched any documentary on NASA, they'll tell you that gravity sickness uh, is actually a, a legitimate disease that astronauts who spend a long time mm-hmm. in those environments or regularly shift between them. Uh, yeah. experience it causes some changes in not only density but in the tissue itself and just to support andrew's claim mr because science <laughs> the smithsonian published an article uh last year that says that radiation is the primary problem for any mission to mars because <clears throat> it, it has more to do uh with um the route that w- we would have to take oh, okay uh, uh, with its proximity to um, a number of fields of radiation. Um, and then the further we go out, the strength of those fields. And so um, those cosmic rays zip through the galaxy at near light speeds while solar activity produces a more subdued form of radiation. So we're not as prone to it here because it's mostly solar and that pushes yeah. the radiation out. But some of the others are more severe. I didn't know I was going to so, get a science, science lesson today. It's amazing. I science the crap out of that. <laughs> I love it. Uh, thank you, so the Dane, for that question. We appreciate it. I didn't it. Yeah, get your answer. Good. And had he not asked that question, it would have still been a drama to me. Because mm-hmm. uh, to me, the, that's what that's all about. Is you know, yeah, you can kind of understand and... where the other person is coming from, calling it a drama more than sci-fi. Yeah, I think but it, once he raised that question, I'm like, yeah, I guess maybe it is for a the simple fact film. that you know, it's riding that line of being mm-hmm. so close to a reality that. I could understand somebody saying, no, that's not science fiction because we're so close to making it a reality. But until that day, it's still fiction. Yeah, true. You know, Um, it's really interesting because we talked about genre even when we were talking about Alien Covenant about how, you know, is it a horror movie or is it a suspense movie? And I think when it comes to genre, it's not like it's a debate that has to be settled. It is what it is. It's really just for describing it to someone else, right? Isn't that what genre is for? It's so you can know, oh, this is in a category of movies I usually enjoy or usually don't enjoy. I mean, what other purpose does genre have other than, like, sorting your library, maybe? You know what I mean? Yeah. Also, yeah. Uh, film can be more than one genre. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Most are. That's like the old six, nine thing, you know? Like, if you're standing on the floor and there's a number six, and if you're standing on either side of it, it's a nine. Uh-huh. Just because I'm right doesn't mean you're wrong. Perception. <laughs> it's all about perception. perception. Right. Exactly. Yeah, or the with the six blind men and the elephant. 
you know, each of them describing what, what an, an elephant, elephant is, yeah. but they're all, you know, holding different things. So, Did, uh, what, what was the name of the person who asked that question? So the Dane on Twitter at So the Dane. So So the Dane, uh, we I hope that you were a yayer on that one, and I hope that we black, <laughs> yes. backed your claim because we have officially decided. Yeah, debate is a settled. science fiction film. The Martian is a science fiction <laughs> movie. Hopefully, yeah, helped you. you. Uh, if you'd like to offer up a sift quest for us to go on, you can do that via Twitter or email feedback at siftpop.com or you can hit me up on Twitter. I'm Aaron Dicer. Also, uh, messing around with Anchor.fm. If you want to uh, subscribe to the Sif Pop channel on Anchor FM, you may be able to ask your question via voice, and we can play that on the show. So, Ooh, that'd um, be cool. yeah, I think that'd be a lot of fun. So we're kind of messing around with that, seeing you know what we want to do with that. But thank you for getting that into us. Uh, we appreciate it. All right, that means we just got our buried treasure, guys. What's one thing in the area of pop culture, any area of pop culture, that you want to let people know about this week? Um, why you, you, you haven't gone first yet. I'll start. That's fine. Uh, I want to talk about American Gods. Yeah. Oh. And when I when I say buried treasure with American Gods, we're going to emphasize the word buried because uh, <laughs> it, it's so hard to understand this show. Like, if uh. especially if you have no context. If you don't know no. the book, For, no, I've, read, I've read the book, so no, the it book, makes it, sense to me. It uh, makes no sense so to me. So here's the deal, though. <laughs> yes. If you haven't seen the show and you read the book, uh, unless you're digesting it page by page, yeah. the book is still very confusing. There's so many characters. Yeah. There's so much going on. And the fact is, so much of the book, you forget that they're they're talking about something else. Does that yeah. make sense? They're pretending to be these people. They're not. But it's all in in the service of this grand plan that he doesn't even know yet. Yeah. So like, uh, the, the book is super confusing. I've refused to, uh, watch the show. I want to, I want it to finish so I can binge it. Yeah. I'm kind of wishing I had done that too. So, um, because I don't want to be doing the episode to episode, uh, what next, yeah. where are they going to, well, they gonna I'm, play I'm this three out? episodes in, which is what I, I always promise every new show I watch that, yeah. you know, I'll give them three episodes and then I'll make my decision. And, and you like, well, I haven't come down yet. I don't know uh, yet okay. if I'm going to watch episode four. I just, I, it has to give me something to hold on to soon. And I yeah. just, I just don't have it yet. I mean, it's gorgeous, but that's just not enough. By the way, I did look up cause I don't know if it was you or if it was you who told me that, uh, um, I should watch the show, um, because the casting is spot on. I finally looked up to see who they cast to play Wednesday. Oh, oh my god, it could he's not be great. more could not be more perfect. To yeah, the Ian McShane is great. Yeah, I'm like, like, oh, I wasn't know if we were gonna. He is killing say it as Mister Wednesday. <laughs> I will say this: and if there are people out there who haven't picked it up, who have read the books, I know we're only three episodes in, but I don't think I've ever seen a show so faithful to the original material. It is almost word for word what the books are. I didn't know. I didn't think you could do well, that. Well, maybe that's its problem. <laughs> yeah, I like a lot of you needed to adjust a few things. Like the whole you. So you've read part of the book then. The whole yeah, fu- yep. the whole future boy thing mm-hmm. in the car. Like it's exactly how it happens. Like, oh my god! I don't know how you such pulled a great that scene off. in the book. Well, I, I I described it on Twitter as uh, drowning in a messy swamp, and at the last second you realize it tastes like chocolate. I'll, I'll like tell you this. <laughs> I think hopefully wow, if, they, heck of an if they continue on with what uh, the books are, I think by the end of this season, everything you will have seen will have been justified and makes sense. So if you watch All it right. again, you'll be like, that's just, that's oh, just a hard thing. It's a hard thing to be like, I promise it'll make sense at the end. And it's just well, like, kind of like what Westworld did. No, West. No, no. Westworld was very different. Westworld had stuff every episode that kept me interested, and and I knew what was going on, and I understood. Well, I understood what was going on going on in Westworld, but every single episode I watched, 
three more questions. Sure, but up. I don't mind that. I just want some footing. Like I don't have. So you any don't have footing. a grand to stand on. Yeah. Right now. Okay. Yeah. So there's just so much unknown. So and you know we'll see. I, I haven't like I said I haven't fully decided yet. Okay. What about you, Sean? Okay, super excited. So um, now four years ago, uh, I published an article uh, saying that Nintendo was in the worst position they've ever been in in their Mm -hmm. entire lives and (laughs) that they needed to change their business model. And we talked about how they needed to bring their games to mobile. They needed to stop being so... Like controlling, yeah, mm-hmm. and insistent that it be on their consoles, that they look at what they have as value and find ways to market it in other areas. And I told them the mobile would be the killing space, uh, is what we published. And so they've experimented, okay, and we've seen Super Mario Run, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. which was fun, but only about 10% of people actually paid for the game. Because once you get through the free part, you know, you've got, you've got, that's what my boys are complaining about. It's they love the game. They just enough. don't want to pay for it. Yeah, it's not exciting enough or there's not enough there to pay for. Right. Um, and then there's Fire Emblem Heroes, which is great and fantastic, but it's a massive, massive money grab. It's one of those that lets you play up to a certain point and gets mm-hmm. you all into this. And then like, look, and all you need is to pay a little bit here and a little bit there and a little bit yeah. there and a little bit there. And Nickel look and what nine. else you can do. And so there's people who have poured thousands and thousands in this game, but it's just a money grab. But at the end of this year... They are going to take the best franchise they own, and they're moving it to mobile. Zelda? Zelda's coming to mobile wow. uh, at the end of this year. I know um, And I don't know whether to be terrified or super, super excited. Um, I'm super excited to see Zelda. Any, it's one of those things where I love it so much. Uh, I'm a fan of anything that exposes more people to, to what Zelda is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited about this idea that they're going to bring it to mobile and find a new format for it. And they're going to find a new way to tell these stories and build these characters a new environment. Um, I'm curious to see how they translate something that's so uh, epic in its scale mm-hmm. and try to t- – Mario is easy to break down. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. generic hero, princess, bad guy, mm-hmm. you know, levels. Uh, right. Face the gauntlet, but uh, something that has the scale that Zelda does uh, to see that brought down into a mobile form. I just hope they can do it justice. But I'm very excited about the prospect. See, yeah. Nintendo was close-minded to mobile because it's a very They're Japanese culture. To so many things that could be beneficial. That's their for culture, them. though. This yeah. is why Sega failed. I could I could write you a whole book on this. Um, it's why Sega failed, and it's why Nintendo has struggled. It's the culture that refuses to adapt Mm -hmm. and they refuse uh these mobile concepts and platforms are very much a western development and these developers don't want any part of it because they're like these are you know grand franchises these amazing stories will only be told in our own environment so what when they saw pokemon go filling the coffers yeah when they were in desperate need they were like oh maybe there is something to this and so next thing you know Super Mario Run is there on you the go. books. You I've go. been saying for about six years now that Nintendo needs to turn into a third-party developer. Yeah, they just need to make these I licenses. totally disagree with that, though. You? I hate it when people say that, because I think they do such a great job with their consoles. I don't. I think no. the Switch is another great example. The Switch of, is they, changing things. They, if Nintendo yes. goes away of the console business, nobody's innovating. Period. Th- this is true. Oh, I X- do not agree with Sony that. and Xbox I, do I not innovate. Woo-hoo. They do not. Oh. Fisticuffs, no. son. No, they don't. No, I, no what they, what they a, do... As a hardcore Sony fan, I have to agree with him. They would get complacent. The two of would just trade they would be in the Intel AMD business. Exactly. Okay? They would exactly. be in the they would be in the NVIDIA and uh Radeon business, okay? 
So they would constantly be just going, well, just just an incremental little step more, but you'll pay this much for it, okay? But because Nintendo shakes things up and they have brand cachet. So I do disagree with you on the console front. Nintendo has been screwing up with their consoles since the N64. They haven't made a console worth owning since the 64. But they do innovate. They've made consoles... The, the game, well, the, yeah, GameCube. I owned GameCube too. They, I owned all of them, but they, you say they don't haven't made one worth owning, and I can see you backing that up. But you can't deny that they have made ones that people believe are worth buying. Like, I mean, the Wii sold like crazy. Yeah, but and the whole, Switch is selling too. The so. Switch is yes, because the Switch is true innovation. The Wii was a tchotchke product that sold in bulk mm-hmm. to nursing homes, schools. The only reason it sold as many units as it did was because corporations bought large numbers of them because they thought it was going to be some sort of learning educational tool. There was a new way to get people interactive. I think the that's Wii, a short-sighted view of the sales of the Wii. And, I think that's part of it. And and it was also the has-been console. Everybody had a oh, primary sure. console, and then they had a Wii because, oh, if mm-hmm. friends came over, we can do Wii bowling or tennis. But it wasn't. it truly wasn't a gamer's console by any standpoint. Yeah. And so... Well, but, I loved it. Yeah. Innovation, I agree with you 100%, though. If Nintendo I, I left the business, so much we'd all be screwed. Uh, that was fun. That was, uh, we, yeah, we Andrew's follow over, that up with, I can Andrew. see the veins in Andrew's neck. <laughs> Andrew, if Not you don't know, good is a hardcore have Andrew Microsoft and fan. Go hard to head. That's going to that's gonna go down in history. Fisticuff, sons. Yeah. My buried treasure? <laughs> yes. What's your buried treasure, Andrew? So I told you last night what my buried treasure was going to be. I saw a movie that had kind of gone by the wayside for me. I know a lot. everybody who saw the movie said they absolutely loved it. And I totally agree. I saw Joel Edgerton's The Gift last night, or uh, uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Never seen that movie before. So he good. wrote, directed, and starred in it. And wow, that was a good movie. Yeah, that's the definition of a buried treasure. That's one a lot of people have missed. Yeah. Have you seen that movie? The Gift. Joel Edgerton? It's him, Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman's and, uh, great in it. What's her name? Oh, Ree? that movie freaked me out. It's so good. Oh, I'm scared of neighbors now. Rebecca Hall. <laughs> the yeah. gift is freaky. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Okay, I didn't remember the name. But as yeah. soon as you said Jason Bateman, I'm like, oh, he hasn't made it. Oh, oh, that creepy movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah, it's, it's so smart, good. so well structured, yeah, so yeah, well right. acted. Yeah. It, it, what, he's, what it has to say about bullying, because uh. a lot of people think, you know, bullying is this physical thing. But the mental ramifications of like psychological bullying mm-hmm. and what it can do is like terrifying. And yeah. I think we we've all experienced bullying. I don't want to. Say, I think we've all just mentioned at one point or time we were bullied in one sense or another. Not to this extent in this movie, obviously. But uh, I'm speaking for myself there. Uh, but what what it showed what people have to go through is like horrifying. And you know like. You know, even, you know, so many years down the road, you know, what that can do to somebody. Yeah. So if you've never seen The Gift Truly. starring Joel Edgerton, Very I cannot recommend that movie enough. It was so good. I mm. recommend for me as well. Oh, so you, it, it made my best movies of that year. And it's one of those movies that surprises you. You know, like like you yeah. don't necessarily expect it to be great. And then you watch it. And you're like, oh, that's great. It's kind of like a. What was that movie that had uh, the the blind man last year, uh, where they were trapped in his house? Oh, uh, that movie was not great. Don't breathe. <laughs> Don't, Don't breathe was not great. Uh, beg to differ, sir. That was in my top movies of the I year. I love the look uh, on Aaron's face. That movie. Is when ridiculous. the realization of what you were talking about. <laughs> no, no. Clicked and he was like, no, no. Oh, that was no. in my top movies of oh, last year, Andrew. and uh, because I didn't expect anything from it. 
and it blew me away with how good it was. Weren't you on the podcast for that review? I was. Yeah. I, was. And I yeah. loved that movie. All right, fine. <laughs> Gosh. Guess what, Andrew? We get to disagree. It doesn't mean that either one of us is right or wrong. It just means we get to disagree. I, or as I, Andrew, as Andrew would put it, uh, you can disagree all you want. You're allowed to be wrong. Yeah, I do, I do love saying that. You're allowed to be wrong. It is America. Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following the feed at Mixler.com slash Studio DNA. That's M-I-X-L-R dot com slash Studio DNA. Huge thanks again to today's guru, Sean from Geek Point Sean, you got anything you want to uh, plug? Oh, yeah. Hey, guys, uh, come check us out at geekpointo.com. Uh, That's G-E-E-K-P-O-I-N-T-0 dot com. Uh, just all spelled out and all of the accompanying social medias as well. YouTube, Facebook, all the rest of them forward slash geekpointo. Um, come check out our Facebook page uh, and our Twitter. We are giving away a copy of Injustice 2 this month for anybody who doesn't have it yet on the platform of your choice. Um, so enter and win and we'll keep you updated with a steady stream of awesome news and uh, breaking news in the worlds of pop culture, gaming and tech. What if my platform of choice is the Nintendo Switch? Uh, Then you're kind of (laughs) stuck. Much love and gratitude also to our Patreon supporters for giving monthly to make this show and others on the network possible. Support starts at three bucks a month, comes with some pretty fun perks. You can find out more information at patreon.com slash studio DNA. There's lots of ways to connect with the podcast. You can do that at SoundCloud. You can tweet at us, iTunes, or you can email us feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie loving friends will probably like the podcast too. Make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than birthing a xenomorph. Spoiler chat for this week's movie should be up next in your podcast feed, and we'll see you back next week for maybe some Baywatch or Pirates. Arg. Insert movie audio here. Ah! Oh god! Ah! ah! <laughs> Quit coming out of me! Ah! Splash! Splash! Squirt! What's that red stuff on the camera? As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.